What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. You ready to do this? I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I've got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going. Wait a second. Something's coming towards the window. It's a plane. Oh, my God. We're starting this episode with that. All the goodwill from our first two episodes about 9-11 out the window. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everybody. Episode three on 9-11. Today's episode, I know Henry Zabrowski has been looking forward to it. Marcus Parks has been looking forward to it. I, Ben Kissel, have my nerd alert ready to go. We're discussing mysticism, Satan, and a whole series of other bizarre things dealing with 9-11. The 9-11 mega ritual, Ben. Ooh, okay. Otherwise known as the capital T fucking truth. Oh, all right. Well, that's me. <laughs> so we've gone through I'm going to say straight up we've gone through a lot of horseshit in the last two episodes about like what was real and they did really good journalism about politics what we're going to talk about today is the absolute truth about the event the mega ritual known as 9-11 to us and known as the celebration of the opening of the mouths to heaven in <laughs> occurrence to the teachings of Aleister Crowley. That's the long title. That's the prog <laughs> rock title. Dogmeat did a lot of research about episodes one and two, and then Dogmeat, too real myself, went and we read a book called The Most Dangerous Book in the World, 9-11 is Match Ritual. And I got to say, it is a bit difficult. Um, right. And we're going to go through that. But first of all, what I'd like to do... Um, you know, it's, it's so we are releasing this purposefully today on September 11th in accordance to the ritual, right, Marcus? Yeah, absolutely. Dog after 9-11 episodes, after the 9-11 episodes, can we stop calling you dog meat? <laughs> I, I, I can't deal with it too real. That's like saying Marcus's last name, it was in Parks, all right, or or in real life, Shifty Spaghetti. Well, yes, that's true. Marcus's real name is Dog Meat Shifty Spaghetti, and it's been that way since the beginning. You're the one who's wearing the sunglasses. You know what I'm saying? Sunglasses that help you deny the reality. Me, I'm wearing bifocals. I'm seeing what? two levels of pure truth 24 7 because i'm too real to be loved i think you just referenced john carpenter's they live rest in peace roddy roddy piper (laughs) um but before we get into the truth i want to talk about another version of the truth it's a type of a there's a theory that goes around because you know again uh too real here 
uh, I often believe in the hologram system, right? That we're living in a hologram universe. And guess what? Too real is too real for the hologram, hologram. universe. Hey, so I'm saying okay. we're living in a hologram. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. And according to, um, so th- th- I want to just, cause I was really curious about the nine 11 as a hologram idea. Cause there's a lot of people who truly do believe a lot of very lonely, broken human beings <laughs> who truly believe that nine 11 did not happen. That it was just all, it was a big movie, um, mm-hmm. which would have been an awesome fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. unfortunately, 3,000 people had to die to make the movie. And then um, countless millions other Iraqis that did nothing that we just blew up. So when um, they say it's a hologram, do they believe that there were no actual victims? Do they think all these people were, were actors? There are two different even levels to the hologram theory. One is that it didn't happen at all, that it was doctored video. But the real hologram guys say that's horseshit. What really happened is that there were B-2 bombers covered with a hologram uh, type technology called PRIC, which stands for Projected Imagery Controlled Kinetics, that shot a missile into Tower 2 and left while it was cloaked in mystery. And there's several bits of facts that are totally true that I don't know actually if they are true. <laughs> Written by John Lear, who was a is a big theorist. He was a theorist about crypto animals and like all this different. He was a really great paranormal kind of like hub of reason. And then when 9-11 happened, he went completely insane. But the, here's, so this is a couple of things that they say. The planes could not possibly have traveled as, as at, at what they said was 480 knots colliding into the World Trade Center. The fastest the 767 travel is 360 knots, mm. all right? And that's so 480 knots. That's 120 knots faster than a plane's even designed to go because of the drag. There's drag right, in but, there. But Holograms what if the government's built. You shut up, Ben. You don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Holograms have been designed by the government since the 60s. They've had these fucking holograms forever. You think that Ernest Borgnine's real? Yes. You're an asshole. You're an asshole. <laughs> what happened? He was an escape from New York. Oh, my God. Asshole. This <laughs> hologram. All right? Mm-hmm. Planes sliced through the building like butter. They called it cartoon physics. All right? Also, too quiet. All right? Mm-hmm. Nobody heard the planes coming in. Almost silent it. approach. That's what they said. Well, apparently, a plane coming through downtown should have had 140 decibels. It's equivalent to sitting front row in a fucking Van Halen concert. People should have been like rockets. You know what I mean? Like, is that fucking Panama plane? And all of a sudden, boosh, 9-11. And they been like, what, what? <laughs> so the government had a flight path measured out that was right next to the official, actual physical flight path of the plane that hit the World Trade Center. So what happened is, is they're saying that the real one was a fucking, the B-2 had a hologram on it, and it was shooting through the thing, and we know that all this is true because they made a gigantic hologram duck in Japan. And you know that they have, they have the technology to cloak two different planes. They made a missile look like a plane, and they made a B-2 look like a fucking cloud. Or they made it look like something. I don't know what they made it look like. It could have been like a red balloon, and a girl was like, Again, um, waiter, check please. I uh, the the date has to end at this point. So a uh, hardcore evidence. It's cartoon uh, science. Uh-huh. The, the duck. The duck. Yes, the duck. You can't fucking discount the duck. Uh, and there's also they there's also people that say that there were people on the roof of the Woolworths building that shot missiles into the uh, World Trade Center right. at the exact same moment that a 747 or a gigantic hologram supposedly hit the building. I mean, I want this to be real because I want our government to actually be able to do something. Yeah. You know, we can't even build a bridge <laughs> in Minnesota, for Christ's sake. I honestly don't think, yes, th- these are for the um, 
the truly lost, the truly like upset people. I understand. You really don't believe these towers came down. Again, I mean, too real. I'm too real. Dogmeat and I, we are government shills. That is just the straight up truth. Um, we've been accused on the internet, and I just want to say I could, I can show you the check stubs That's right. that I got from the CIA. I'm sorry, but it's just the truth. Yeah, but, I'm sorry. <laughs> secret, secret meeting. Barack Obama called in his chief of staff. was like, get me the fattest and the stringiest podcasters you can find. I don't know why he sounds like John F. Kennedy. Yeah, get me, uh, dog meat. <laughs> get me dog meat. Get me too real. <laughs> and so we're helping build the fantasy hologram reality that the towers came down naturally because of the planes. And that's why what we want to do is that I, I've been struggling with that, right, with the fact that I've sold my honesty out to the government and my strength as an artist and my skills as a comedian out to our nefarious government. Yeah. And so that's why today we're going to break it down for you and tell you what really happened. I, I, I'm almost certain this is the real truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would know. Um, yes. Cause the hologram shit, that's all, that's all garbage. That's it's, it's just total insanity. They do have hologram technology. They do. Yeah. Tupac is performing a live concert right now somewhere. Absolutely. Be a hologram. Fucking moonwalked into the World Trade Center and the whole thing blew up. I would know it's a hologram. <laughs> they have the Tupac hologram. That's they, it. There's, there's a Tupac hologram and a large duck hologram. So 9-11 was a hologram. It's okay. Today's research comes primarily from the most dangerous book in the world, 9-11 as Mass Ritual by S.K. Ooh, good name. Stephen King Bain. (laughs) Former art director of the Weekly Standard. Okay. Now, thanks to listener Claude Wilson right up top for letting us know about this book. And if you'd like to know more about The Most Dangerous Book in the World, it is available on Amazon. I would, if you're really interested in esoteric Mm -hmm. stuff, it's a very difficult book to read. Uh, But the guy's a super fun writer, uh, and I would actually recommend picking it up if you like stuff like this. If it was the most dangerous book in the world, uh, couldn't you not Google it? Like, Google search it and find it, and it's, then get it in the mail? It's very easy to find. Okay. But Kissel, this is where you're wrong again. It was self-published, and oh. we know about self-published <laughs> works. All right, they are too real for our government. Right. I will say what I do like about Bain is that it re- immediately, like, the way the book opens is, this book represents a collaborative effort with dozens of contributors whom I've never met or corresponded <laughs> with, countless bloggers and independent researchers who, again, if you're an independent researcher, means that you are... Just you're too inside. Like most of these captivated by the tax of September 11, 2001, could only grope blindly in the dark and feel a small part of the humongous beast, not realizing its true dimensions or its true nature. Well, lastly, I would like to express my deepest regrets to Nermal, the forever kitten who didn't survive the writing process due to a massive failure of patience on the part of the author late one night. He didn't notice animals were harmed during the production of this work. What? Devastating. Normal. I only think of Garfield's normal, and that's the only cat I gotta think of. Yeah, normal. You know where normal was sent to? Abu Abu Dhabi. Dhabi. You know where Abu Dhabi is? The Middle East. Oh. Where 9-11 started, where the egg was shat out of the cloaca of terrorism. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Is Abu Dhabi in the Middle East? Yeah. Okay. 
So the central premise of The Most Dangerous Book in the World is that the events of September 11th, 2001 were all a part of a decades-long magical mega-ritual using techno-sorcery and deep-level occult programming designed for the purposes of psychological warfare while also serving as a loving tribute to famed <laughs> occultist Aleister Crowley. Now, there, there, we will talk about this, too. There is something to be said about the use and... The use of an event like this in order to do mass psychological warfare against the United States. We've already been talking about this, right? Mm -hmm. How they use it against the two, help us swing into war. It's like the Gulf of Tonkin, blah, blah, blah. But magically, uh, there there's also stuff attached to an event of this size. We talk about the release of organ energy, right? So Anton LaVey talks about the, what, what people used to do human sacrifice. What it was was the idea of um, the, the body <clears throat> heaving in death. The death rolls of a body is what releases the organ energy. It's not the blood. It's not all the stuff. And it creates a lot of fucking havoc, which is why he switched to masturbation because he says your body makes the same <laughs> like shudder like it would in death. And that's what releases the organ energy, right? The amount of organ energy possibly released in the falling of these towers, not only just the symbolism of that, there's a lot of coincidences Yes, wrapped up into this whole scenario, kind of like what you were bringing up between like the the the, the Kennedy Lincoln stuff, all the weird, dumb like like things that you talk about when you're stoned that are like the secretary's name is same, blah blah blah. There's a lot of coincidences wrapped up into this thing because of how much loss there was there and how much kind of magical energy kind of gets trapped up into it. Uh, odd coincidences, and that's what we will. We're about to get into. A lot of really weird, actually true coincidences. These coincidences, I did look them up. I did verify that they did actually happen. Uh, but if you look at these huge, like, Kennedy-Lincoln coincidences, they, they would be impossible to, co to uh, coordinate. Or uh, but seem to be impossible, Marcus, Mr. Yes. Dogme, if you were not <laughs> a part of the gigantic Illuminati machine that's been putting these things into place for up to 300 years. What's that, Mr. Obama? Yes, I want him to be fat and only have hair like he's wearing a wife beater. As if, <laughs> as if God gave him a wife beater to wear constantly. Henry has no hair on his arms. It's all exactly where an Italian should have it. <laughs> so both of the assassinations, both Kennedy and Lincoln, the assassinations were extremely traumatic to the nation and they both had consequences that were felt worldwide that we still feel today absolutely uh, and they're getting milked like a prostitute cow yes like a cow you literally you throw dollar bills at it just to squeeze his udders so you come your own pants that is what our government has done with 9-11 today yeah today september yeah, so 11th that we were recording this are we the prostitute cow <laughs> or who's the prostitute cow? The prostitute cow is the people, and the, the milk, all the soupy hot milk coming out of it is the sadness. Uh. And then the, the the farmer, Dick Cheney, comes up and is like, yeah, that's I like better than <laughs> hot, weird milk with a bunch of bacteria in it. And then he starts slurping it down while then he, there's a bunch of chicks out there, the chicks of the Iranians. And he goes up there and he just, just snaps a bunch of chicks fucking necks. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's exactly how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with numbers. Let's start with numerology. Let's start... Thank you. There's nothing I like better than starting with numbers, Marcus. <laughs> Thank you so much because I just didn't get enough math on the last two fucking episodes. <laughs> Let's start with a quote from famed occultist and huge Nazi influence, Madame Helena Blavatsky. She wrote... All systems of religious mysticisms are based upon numerals. Wow. Well, my swinging brace. Do you see my swinging brace? Mm. What he said, 
because that was unintelligible. I don't mean to do an incredibly accurate impression of Madame <laughs> Helena Blavatsky. And she said, all systems of religious mysticisms are based upon numerals. And much more accurately, Carl Jung said... Numbers are not concepts consciously invented by men for purposes of calculation. They are spontaneous and autonomous products of the unconscious. So we're going to see over the course of this episode just how true both of those statements really are. So besides the obvious imagery of the Twin Towers appearing as two large number ones in the sky, mm-hmm. gigantic number ones, mm-hmm. you'll, if you'll remember the first plane to hit was American Airlines Flight 11, or AA-11. Now, you're saying the number 11 has a lot of psychic resonance, according to Crowley and to everybody, and it, but there's two opposite ones, where one is that, like, that the 11 is the most evil number of all time, and then Crowley believes that the number 11 is the number of all magic. So William Wynn Westcott, co-founder of the Golden Dawn and Supreme Magus of the Societis Rosicruciana in America, said about the number 11... This seems to have been the type of number with an evil reputation among all peoples. Eleven is the essence of all that is sinful, harmful, and imperfect. Yes. Cool. My girlfriend is 300 pounds. <laughs> and I love her because I can dump a big cup on her. I love to watch her squiggle and shine in the night. Oh, I seem to have left my symbolic dagger in my Dodge Dart. Excuse me. <laughs> so the other founder of the Golden Dawn was the man who regarded the number 11 highest among all, Aleister Crowley. Mm. Crowley said, The number of magic itself, and therefore suitable to all types of operation. The sacred number is par excellence of the new Aeon. My number is 11, as are as all their numbers who are of us. Now bring that cock closer to me. I am tired of standing. (laughs) Alistair did get a lot of cock. But why 11? Is it just arbitrarily chosen? My understanding is that it is a... I'm not really sure about numerology, but it seems like it's the idea of the the kind of... uh, where they talk about archetypes when Jungian archetypes and like the idea of ideas that have gone back since the beginning of existence, that these numbers have always meant certain things, that they existed as concepts outside of the numbers for a long time. And we created the concept of numbers on top of them in order to sort of collect the symbolism to use them towards ritual and to use them towards our daily life. Yeah. And so the idea is that these, these energies always were out there. We just put a name to them and that the one, cause it's about like number one is like the most powerful unified. It's, it's a thing about clarity and subtlety. And then there's, there's a symbolism about having one and one next to each other about the idea of two complete purposes next to each other and how that becomes like confusing and intense and like it's a, like basically it's being too real to be mad. <laughs> yeah. The number 11 has been considered evil all the way back to Jewish mysticism mm. to Kabbalist thought. Uh, and as Carl Jung said, you know, all of these numbers, they are a uh, collective unconsciousness type of thing is that, yes, they are. And there is a numerological counting one, two, three, four, five aspect to them. But there is also a collective unconscious uh, I guess, shared knowledge about these numbers mm-hmm. and that you can have two two different cultures that operate separate from each other but both of them see the number 11 in their mystic rituals or their yeah. mystic beliefs as evil both at the same time okay my question though is do you think that this is going to work across universes in our multiverse marcus 
Well, the multiverse, if you start getting into M theory. Exactly. And we start talking about, you know, anthropic principle, talking about. We've got a nerd alert. We've got a nerd alert. Well, Henry, if you talk about the infinite universes theories, that there are some universes in which it, yes, it does cross over, but other universes in which it does not. Some people use hamburgers to count. (laughs) That's the only way you should teach a child to count. Back to 9-11. We now have three sets of 11s. The towers, the flight, and the date. And that's another thing about uh, ritual uh, or about numerology and uh, pairing and all that and numbers is that three is the highest level of numerological magic that you can have. Like 777-666. For example, Hail Satan. Hail Satan. That's a good one. That's a cool one. Yeah. The three elevens <laughs> right. is a bad one because yeah. it's three elevens and they're all bad. And the idea, again, remember the concept here is that this was put in place by an Illuminati type organization that has been around since 1776. That 9 11 is an end game from the beginning of America. So remember <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. This is not, this is not, we could make this podcast today, today's episode, we could make this episode. 240 years long, <laughs> if we wanted to. All right. Now you can stream the live TV you love for just 40 bucks a month with Sling TV. Get your favorite channels and shows for the best price. If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. Sign up in minutes, stream at home or on the go on up to three devices, and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out Sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you'll love. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace! With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses Filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into giraffe rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses 
Photoshop the horses into other celebrities, but stop riding them. Save a horse, ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. It's sports. Prize picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor, oh, it's eaten up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. Yeah. Toss that rock. Come on, guys. Yeah, pass it around. Get on the excitement with Price Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious caps. Whether it's hula hoops or earring hoops, you're going to know everything you need to know about sports. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Price Picks with little as four correct picks. Conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. Basket. Price Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. I sure wish that Bobby Bonilla was still in the game because I would pick him to go all the way. Can you imagine Bobby Bonilla played basketball? Woo-wee, dog! Then it would be more like baseball, but Bobby Bonilla would still be crushing it in the contract game. Woo! The deadliest game of all. Download the app today. And use code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. That's code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. So when these three sets of 11 came together, the 9-11 mega ritual began and the repeated use of the number 11 declared to all those in the know uh-huh. the true nature of this event. Now, physically, that's also very important. Yes, because there is there's both. Right. The idea is that it is a secret ritual and it is a thing that is used to hypnotize America and also create this idea of because we're going to find out is that Aleister Crowley did believe in the New World Order. Like specifically, he said uh, the ideal society is the strong over the weak. The maintenance of a patriarchal aristocracy ruling over a slave state and the Darwinian killing of the unfit. And so his idea is that his idea was this, the secret ritual is supposed to secretly make the new world order possibly happen, but also supposed to be highly obvious so that it's, there's something in the dissonance between the trickery and the the trick being right in front of you that's supposed to make you go, that makes you want to like read the TV guide about Will and Grace every day and just be so excited that there's a new <laughs> Zac Efron fucking DJ movie coming. I am excited. So <laughs> I just want to clear up. We're the prostitute cow. <laughs> that, is that correct? He's the farmer. Dick, oh, the Romulans are the chicks. Okay. All right. The Syrians are just, it's just one old dog out on a, on a field tied to a post. It's just, oh, going yeah. out, I wish somebody come and pet me. And then Dick Cheney's like, we're going to come and pet you, don't worry. But he's got a fucking bazooka in his hand. He's like, right. is that a brush? And he's like, yeah, it's a brush dog. I don't even think about it. It's a part of the fucking mega ritual. <laughs> 
shoots the fucking missile, dodges the boom. Nine eleven two happens. Right, shockingly accurate. Yeah, yeah, it really was. So physically, the twin towers, besides being gigantic elevens, also resembled the pillars of Hermes, which themselves memorialized the destruction of Atlantis, another once great civilization that was laid low by disaster. Mm. Also possibly occupied, if we remember, space Jews, um, Martians <laughs> that were ultra white, seven feet tall people, the Lemurians, mm. we haven't even brought them into this fucking Marcus. <laughs> also, <laughs> Atlantis had nuclear power in the year, negative 25,000, um, and Aristotle was there. And so was uh, the guys from Quantum Leap. Scott Bakula had also, he has been around also for close to 45,000 years. That makes sense to me. (laughs) So remember, they resembled the pillars of Hermes. Hermes was known as the god of trade and commerce and was the patron of roads and boundaries, making the Twin Towers not only sacrificial mega altars, they were also a symbolic boundary between our world and that of the dead. And in addition to that, Homer and Hesiod portrayed Hermes as the author of skilled or deceptive acts. And, <laughs> and in the Iliad was said to be, quote, excellent in all the tricks. Every yes, one of I am excellent. All the tricks. Oh, you thought you were going to work in your office today. <laughs> no, you won't. Here it comes. Two planes are come. <laughs> Explode your boss. Explode your secretary. I, Hermes, king of the trickeries, I am. So all of these things together. God of commerce, trickster god, all these sorts of things. It made Hermes a fitting psychopomp for the 9-11 mega ritual. Dog me, can you explain what psychopomp means? A psychopomp is a person or entity that guides people towards the afterlife, whether it be to heaven, but most likely to hell. Ooh, Good yes. fake answer. That is Dog. a real answer. <laughs> it's got to be a real answer. That's There's... exactly what a psychopomp is. Psychopomp is, I just imagined Jeffrey Dahmer with like a Peter Pan hat on with a big like feathers sticking on the right. side of it. Him just going like, <laughs> 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 well, like sucking dicks, like oh, this big severed cock. Yeah, yeah, clicking his heels everywhere he goes. <laughs> it's a hell of a name. I'm going to say that. I'd love to be a psychopomp. Oh, you're a psychopomp because we're shills, Marcus. Oh, uh, that's right. Forget I am. This. this whole point is, is this whole podcast, all. 199 episodes of it has been about g- g- fooling people into selling the government's word. You know this. What's oh, that? No, stop lying. What's that, Mr. Obama? Yes, send me a, um agent that has a faded Sandman tattoo, please. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Mr. Marcus Parks? Yes, he's the only one. <laughs> so let's go from the number 11, Hermes, all that sort, to the number 175. Now, this is when it gets really, really interesting. The next plane to hit the towers was United 175. Now, concerning the number 175, Crowley said, There are three main methods of invoking any deity. The first method consists of devotion to the deity. A perfect instruction exists in Liber 175. Now bring that engorged, flaccid horde you've got there. Because uh, my mouth is empty and I have run out of chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you say, it says the first method consists of devotion to that deity, invoking that deity. The instruction exists in Libra 175. Now, who is that deity that was being invoked mm. with United 175, you may ask? The answer lies in Sarasota, Florida, Uh-oh. with President George W. Bush as he listened to a group of African-American children. Why are you predominantly your- African-American children? The, the book, 9-11 is Mass Ritual, made sure to point that out. Yes, it made sure to point that out. <laughs> but hey, man. You know, while me, we may be PC here at last podcast on the left, right. do you think the occultists care about that at all? Yeah, no. no, yeah, no. Last podcast on the left is way down with the women's lib movement. <laughs> we like seeing, I'm glad we, that women can vote. We're glad the blacks can vote. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me, let me run down real quick. Like, so this is to sort of make sense of the ritual, right? So the idea is you have a flight with the number 11 on it, which makes the 9-11 trifecta hit one tower. Right, which knocks one side of the pillar down between the two pillars, right? One flight 175 knocks the other pillar down, right? The pillars of Hermes were supposed to also stand about the, the idea is that they, they were guarding what is in between the gap, which is the mouth between the land of the living and the dead. So the idea is that you're collapsing the gate between the it's that's the symbology. So the gate mm-hmm. was actually as important as the gap between the towers. You're crashing it down in order to bring all a flood of organ energy into our reality in order to harness it to both fool America to believe in the new world order and also give us the ability to go into a forever war against terrorism forever in order to also, again, fund the new world order. Yes. Got that? All I know is at this point, <laughs> we're the prostitute cop. I'm fully on board with that. So, yes, not only, as Henry says, you know, the pillars of Hermes, they were being taken down, releasing that organ energy, but it wasn't just it in New York City that this ritual was being performed. Of course, the deity needed to be invoked. Who was charged with invoking that deity? That would be George W. Bush in Sarasota, Florida, being read the infamous story, The Pet Goat. Yes. Now, remember, Crowley said a perfect instruction exists in Lieber 175. What does Lieber 175, which shares its number with United Flight 175, say? Mm -hmm. It says, I read this book that I may study the nature of my deity. I read this book that I may study the nature of my deity. Now, who was the deity that Aleister Crowley worshipped or at least revered? Engelbert Humperdinck. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who. Satan, a.k.a. Baphomet, a.k.a. the Goat of Mendez. Can we toss a heavy metal riff in there? Uh. <laughs> now, Baphomet is a goat-headed deity with both male and female characteristics who has Mercury's catechus oh. as its phallic symbol. The catechus is, uh, you know, the little doctor thing with the, that swirls around and yeah. has the snakes on it? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has that as its phallic symbol. And by the way, Mercury is a Roman version of... Hermes. Boom, boom, boom. Also, but again, this is where Stephen King Bain really fucks up the idea. Baphomet is, again, we are step aside away from the truth for a second and talk about something that's actually real. Is that Baphomet is not (laughs) an an evil entity. It's about unity. It's about the male and the female, blah, blah, blah. And these fuckers always take it and try to use it and say it's evil because it looks badass. (laughs) 
It's got hooves. It, it has yeah. hooves. It's got horns. It's got the goat head. It's yeah. got everything that we've been taught over the last 2,000 years. Uh, we've been taught should be evil. Well, Jesus wore sandals. <laughs> and this, this thing's got hooves. <laughs> so once again, let's get back to the truth. Once again, Crowley said in Lieber 175, I read this book that I may study the nature of my deity. The book that was being read as United 175 crashed into the South Tower was the pet goat. Uh-huh. Now, while it may appear to the layman that the story <laughs> is an innocent children's tale about a girl, a goat, and her father, closer inspection reveals that the story is actually an allegory for the acceptance of of the Luciferian doctrine. Right. So you gotta check yourself before you fucking wreck yourself. Because <laughs> no children's book is about the fucking, it's not about saying goodnight to the moon. No. It's not about giving a mouse a cookie. It's always about the Luciferian doctrine. What about the Bernstein Bears? <laughs> no, that is about how we're living in an alternative universe and there's there, there something happened in 1989 that made uh, the Indigo children super important for some reason. And the Jews. Um... Well, <laughs> Amelia Bedelia. I'm gonna let it sit. Let's let it sit. <laughs> Amelia Bedelia was a very good children's book as well. That taught me how to clean my room and things like that. Of course. So we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and read the pet goat because I doubt any of you have ever actually heard the pet goat. It's a very short story. Yeah, it's very short. We're gonna read it. Here we go. The pet goat, part one. A girl got a pet goat. She liked to go running with her pet goat. She played with her pet goat in her house. She played with her pet goat in her fucking yard. The goat did some things that made the girl's dad really mad. The goat ate things. He ate cans and he ate canes. He ate pans and he ate pains. He even ate capes and caps. One day her dad said, That goat must go. He eats too many things. And the girl said, Dad, if you let the goat stay with us, I will see that he stops eating all those things. Her dad said, We will try it. So the goat stayed, and the girl made him stop eating cans and canes and caps and capes. Because there's many caps and capes around this house. It's What's just that many type of caps household. caps and capes. It's, they have a graduation ceremony guard <laughs> warehouse right attached to that. Yeah, they must. <laughs> But one day, a car robber came to the girl's house. Ooh, a black man, she said. <laughs> he saw a big red car near the house and said, well, I will steal that car. <laughs> he ran to the car and started to open the door. The girl and the goat were playing in the backyard. They did not see the car robber. And now, the thrilling conclusion to the pet goat, the pet goat part two, the goat Stops the robber. I hope this car robber doesn't rape this girl and this goat. <laughs> mm-hmm. A girl had a pet goat. Her dad had a red car. Which was better? The fucking car. A car robber was going to steal her dad's car. The girl and her goat were playing in the backyard. Now we've got all the recap done. Right. Let's get to the meat of the story. Almost like we didn't need part one. <laughs> but that's fine. Just then the goat stopped playing. He saw the robber. He bent his head down and started to run for the robber. The robber was bending over the seat of the car. The goat hit him with his sharp horns. The car robber went flying. The girl's dad ran out of the house. 
He grabbed the robber. You were trying to steal my car! He yelled. The girl said, But the goat stopped him. Yes, her dad said. The goat saved my car. The car robber said, Something hit me when I was trying to steal that car. The girl said, My goat hit you. That's the, the hugged the goat. Her dad said, That goat can stay with us, and he can eat all the cans and canes and caps and capes he wants. The girl smiled. Her goat smiled. Her dad smiled. <laughs> but the car robber did not smile. He said, I am sore. <laughs> Now, now you'll notice that the father, who starts off critical of the goat and its practices, right. eventually comes to not only accept the goat's bad behavior, but actually encourages it after the goat saves the family car. In other words, the story The Pet Goat is a tacit endorsement of the Luciferian doctrine. Okay. I think you've now got your answer as to why Bush waited until the end of the story to leave. I actually think he was really invested. (laughs) I think he really wanted to figure out what happened at the end, and then it turns out the car robber was sore. No, 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 Ben. See, the satanic high priest couldn't leave his black mass until the instructions given in Lieber 175 were completed. Remember... I read this book that I may study the nature of my deity. Thank you, Cleveland, and good night. <laughs> That's how he ended all press conferences. <laughs> So let's stay in Sarasota for just a second here. Now, as we already know, Bush was reading the book in Sarasota, Florida. Perhaps not coincidentally, Sarasota was the summer home of what? The Ringling Brothers Circus. And had been since 1919. It had been settled by seven Ringling Brothers who, once again, perhaps not coincidentally... All Freemasons. Fucking smoking gun. (laughs) Also, you're going to remember, so a thing that Stephen King Bang likes to do is describe the uh, terrorists going into the towers as the flying circus of death. Mm -hmm. That's what he calls it in terms of like the pageantry involved, blah, blah, blah. He has fun. So this (laughs) is him saying that in 1968, the Ringling Brothers opened the Ringling Brothers at Barnum and Bailey Clown College in Sarasota, where Bush was reading the story, where CIA recruits were reportedly sent to learn sleight of hand. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So direct quote for the most dangerous book in the world. Through inverted speech, illogical actions, mimicry of spirits and animals, and ludicrous acrobatic stunts, clowns perform functions attributed to tricksters such Mm. as Hermes and Satan in mythology, blurring boundaries, toying with social and sexual rules, and mixing the obscene with the sacred. They should have done some loop-de-loops then or something. <laughs> Made it a little bit more exciting of an event. Well, the problem is that what nobody knows is that the, uh, the actually, they said there was only 15 hijackers over four planes, blah, blah, blah. But actually there was over 90 hijackers <laughs> in four planes. But the idea is that they were all just as clowns and they could really pack in there. <laughs> so if those doors and those planes could have just opened, those terrorists would have just come spilling out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, it's more, more, more terrifying than I could ever imagine, the idea that clowns did it. <laughs> Now, Sarasota is also known as Terrorland, as is described by controversial author Daniel Hopsicker. Now, in Terrorland, that is where CIA agents actually, allegedly, trained the 9-11 hijackers. Sarasota is only two hours away from the Everglades, where another secret training facility is located. Could it be? Could it 
possibly be, mm-hmm. Benjamin, mm-hmm. that Terrorland is affiliated with the Hand of Death? I'm going to say yes just to move on. <laughs> yes, it must be. There's no way that it's not. It's got to so be. Henry, you know they're saying, Henry, that they said that we could go up in the plane ourselves. They, they said that we just get a knife and that we could stay, we could stay, have a stay with flight attendants and then fly the plane to the World Trade Center. What do you think about that, Henry? <laughs> Well, can I rape my retarded cousin in that plane? <laughs> well, you never know. There's a lot of room in there. <laughs> yeah, that's what nobody really knows is that 9-11 was actually supposed to happen September 11th, 1983, uh, but they put Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole in charge of it, and the whole thing just fell apart. Oh, isn't that facts? <laughs> Look at that. Another solid last podcast on the left fact. Take that to your history teacher. I, you know, I will say that to you. I'm going to say that today on, on class. If you get, if you can listen to this while you're in any form of class, tell your teacher that it should have happened in 1983, piloted by Henry Lee Lucas, and say that that is truth. <laughs> and then watch how fast you get kicked out of class and know that for a fact that they are a part of the fucking system, man. Yeah, because that's definitely mm-hmm. true. If you ever get any sort of pushback whatsoever for your conspiracy theories, that means that you're telling the truth. <laughs> you know, and there's a war on Christians. So <laughs> so let's go now to the number 77, Flight 77. Now, besides the fact that Flight 77 struck the Pentagon, which sits on the 77th meridian, is 77 feet tall, and has seven floors, 77 brings us right back to Aleister Crowley. Uh-oh. Now, Crowley's book 77, originally entitled The Book of the Goat, holds the most important phrase in Thelemic thought, and Thelema, of course, was uh, Crowley's, what would you call it, system of magic? Would that be the right term for it, Henry? That was his religious, that was his religion. Yeah, his, uh, his religion, yeah. Okay. Uh, and this, what is in book 77 is what could be considered to be the general attitude of those who perpetrated the entire mega-ritual do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. Of course. So do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. Okay. Uh, in Thelemic thought, that means you can do whatever you want. Damn any consequence, any sort of ripples that it might have outside of yourself. All that matters is you and what you want. Right. So it's pretty much that these people who do all this stuff, they don't care that they killed 2,997 people. Or is it 96? They don't care that they kill that many people. They don't care about the consequences of it, of it killing 1.5 million Iraqis afterwards. And you see the shape of the pentagram, of course, forms the center of a pentagram. Long and important occult symbol. So the crashing of 77 do what thou wilt is the whole of the law, into the Pentagon, a symbol used to summon demons or even the devil himself, could be seen as a lock and key to open the gates of hell itself. All right. Yeah. And did it do it, dog meat? You better fucking bet. You better bet all your dog treats that it did. Wow. <laughs> dog meat's dog meat. <laughs> Cool, dog meat. You're the best. <laughs> So now let's get to Flight 93. Now, the number 93 is very important in Crowley's Thelemic Order. Now, once again, the phrase, do as thou wilt as the whole of the law comes back, as well as the phrase, love is the law, love under will. The two keywords here are will 
and love. That's a part of where you're going to see, Leah, we're going to, we need to do a whole episode about Thelema and all that stuff, but there, there is definitely, this is Stephen King Bain's twisting the concept of do as thou wilt as the whole of the law, because love is a law, love under will. It's supposed to then reverberate back with the idea that you're supposed to do everything with the guise of love, and it's all about one big organism and treat people as you would treat yourself. It's not treat people, it's, it's not treat people as you treat yourself, it's treat people as they would treat you. It's this whole thing where it's actually can be sort of nice. It can be nice. So I'm just I'm going to put that in there as well. So, it's, so I should give everybody three bagels a day. <laughs> Is that right? And a half pound of low-fat scallion cream cheese because I'm on a diet. Mm-hmm. Well, this the thalamic philosophy, it's like a lot of these. Uh, it's a very optimistic philosophy because if you treat everyone how they would treat you, if mm-hmm. we all treat, if we all follow this, then we will all treat each other fantastically. So I should just go and again, around. It's, it's a lot about ass sex. Yeah. There's it, a lot about sex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Utop- that utopia is all power bottoming. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My brother's a power bottom. <laughs> he taught me all about it over some margaritas uh, a couple of Christmases ago. <laughs> yeah. Can't- Merry Christmas. It's just yeah. another Kissel Christmas. Just another Kissel Christmas. Can't forget it. Put a towel down. It's almost Christmas time at Kissel's house. Yep. <laughs> time to get your power bottom on. <laughs> Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around, it's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try Every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor! By Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some cha Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs in a whole bunch of cha. And it started off my day correct. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Since right here, what would you do if another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously, I'd get some nunchuck training in. Uh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer it's, of course, I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and you might actually want to think of starting therapy. 
So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love fast growing trees because I just moved here to Los Angeles. I got a yard now and I'm doing all the landscaping myself. I love working in my garden. I love planting stuff. I love growing stuff. And the cool thing about fast growing trees that I really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in. I'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a Satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you've ever been to a nursery. But right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So the words will and love in Greek are thalema and agape. Now, the numerical value of these numbers, if we use the Greek practice of isopsethi, adds up to 93. 93 is also the standard greeting of Crowleyites, making the crashing of 93 a big hey, how are you to all the followers of Thalema out there. Hey, everybody, hey. How are you? Hey, is everybody having a good time, hey? Why is everybody screaming? <laughs> Why is everybody yelling? I'm just trying to say hey. Uh, hey, how are you? Huh, Marcus? That's the term? Yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, how are you? Hey, this That's is a gigantic crowd. This was a big old, hey, how are you? Hey, how you doing? It kind of was. Right. A lot of this stuff was a gigantic greeting to all the Crowleyites to say, this is a gigantic Crowleyan ritual. This is our moment. Enjoy. I remember so, that when W was talking on top of the rubble and he was like, hey, how are you? <laughs> well, he did. How's everybody doing tonight? How's everybody doing tonight? Is everybody feeling good? Is everybody right. having drinks? Keep your bartender, right? I'll be here for the next eight years now. Thanks, 9 11. <laughs> well, that's true. So, in addition to all of that, remember United 93 crashed down in. Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Remember that it crashed down there. The name of the field director of the FBI that had jurisdiction over the area where United 93 crashed? The world's laziest man. Bill Crowley. 
Yeah, dude, it is Crowley's fucking Alistair Crowley's lame cousin from Delaware. <laughs> Absolutely, I you know, didn't. Re- me and your aunt were talking, and it just feels like you know maybe you could settle down and get like a job or something. I got to open it over at the counting firm, you know. Just like, but how will I release Aeolus throughout the use of my shit-covered <laughs> desert fuck? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's just a me and your aunt up. We're still talking about it, even though you answered that way. Uh, we're, st- we're still talking about letting you into the accountant firm. <laughs> what a job this guy has. He's a, he's FBI director in charge of the fields in Shanksville? No, 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 P- Pittsburgh. He was Pittsburgh. out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but the okay. field was in his jurisdiction. I see. Yeah, he, they didn't just have a, There yeah. isn't FBI directors for fields. Hey, man, nepotism. <laughs> I have no idea. They're putting stupid shit right, everywhere. You know... Of all the fields in America, why does it have to happen to my favorite field? Oh, my God. <laughs> also, what's really interesting uh, that Stephen King Bain points out is that Shanksville is also what you could have been called because the uh, terrorists attacked the flight attendants and pilots with shivs, shanks, or the box cutters, you know, shanks and prison term, as he said. Mm-hmm. That he could have said, he literally said in the book that you could view that the inside of the planes was sort of like, Shanksville because of how many times people were getting shanked in there. So that was a joke? That's a joke. <laughs> I think that was him making a well, funny little Well, it's not Stephen King Bain's joke. He said that a key component of the occultist is dark humor. Yes. Because he's, like, he's, say, he's saying like, ha, 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 they must think that is so hilarious, don't they? Oh, I see. So they're kind of being punny with it, too. It's a, hey, how are you? And, and then they followed oh. it up with a good pun. <laughs> You know what is really interesting, too? But it's true. the way he paints the Illuminati is this how I imagine it. It's a lot of, like, hearty, evil chuckling while you're sitting, like, drinking snifters of sherry. Hmm. Like, in a weird old British house going, like, <laughs> Would you believe? Would you even believe that they, there was a town even called Shanksville? When we saw it on the map, we're like, this is, the, this is it. This is not <laughs> So now let's talk about... Korean Airlines Flight 85. Now, you might be asking, what the fuck is Korean Airlines Flight 85? What does that have to do with anything? Can I ask that? What the fuck with Korean Flight 85? (laughs) What does that have to do with anything? No, Flight 85 was one of the flights in the air on the way to New York City when the planes hit. It was directed to land at Whitehorse International Airport in the Yukon. Mm -hmm. This is where... One Mr. Ozzy Osbourne comes into play. Whoa. Sharon, Sharon, where are my pills? Well, Sharon, where are my pills? They say they're supposed to be a bottle. No, nine eleven. That's not <laughs> Crowley. Mr. Crowley! <laughs> the only thing that works on him anymore is his voice. Um, but is. you remember, because the idea is that they were they supposed to do the thing, like Flight 85 was supposed to ping the the code for being hijacked, yeah. correct? Yeah. It went out there, it was pinging the code for being hijacked. It did not know why. It got a director to do it, and it was sent up to the fucking, to the Yukon, mm-hmm. where it's supposed to, it was just supposed to sit there saying that it was being hijacked up in the middle of Canada, like some sort of weird distraction. Yeah, really weird stuff. But was it a weird distraction, or was it one more Crowleyan reference? Now, follow me here. Follow me here. And all of this, by the way, this is fucking, uh, I, this is all actually true. This is a true coincidence. It's very odd. Now, Ozzy, of course, formerly of the band Black Sabbath, yes. in his 1980 hit, Mr. Crowley sang, Mr. Crowley, won't you ride my white Horse, mm-hmm. White Horse International Airport. Now, what was the name 
of the air traffic controller working at Whitehorse International Airport on September 11th, 2001. What? What was it, Ben? What was the name, Ben? What was the name, Ben? Sharon Osborne. <laughs> Tim Crowley. And it's just one of those things where if you yeah. if you have smoked an entire joint while listening <laughs> to this show, it really does get to a point because the more I read about it, when I was reading it, because I was, I was like, I had rolled, I was like, I need to get into the mind space for this. I fucking rolled a huge joint and yeah. just sat and smoked it and read this book on my fucking roof. <laughs> and I was like, every time I was just like, Damn, man. Every time Crowley popped up, I was like, man, fucking Crowley's at it again, man. That's, that's very true. And you know, Howard Stern, the lawyer who killed Anna Nicole Smith, I think Sharon Osbourne is slowly killing Ozzy Osbourne. I just want to make that clear. I want to throw it out there. She's drugging him. It's if she's taken, slowly killing Ozzy Osbourne, it's been a fucking long-ass process. And, and well, he refuses. He, dude, they've he been married to die. They've been married since like 1982. Yep, yep. <laughs> Very controversial. Can't trust anybody. No, you can't. Now, in thanks and tribute to Ozzy Osbourne, Ozzy was allowed, along with Sharon, to attend the 2002 White House Correspondents' Dinner, the first one after 2001, hosted by Drew Carey, by the way. Oh. Also presided over by George W. Bush. And if you don't know what the White House Correspondents' Dinner is, it's pretty much a big roast. Of course. And you know what, Drew Carey? Where is he from? Cleveland. And we've had a lot of references to Cleveland. We have? In the ep- yeah, there's been five references to Cleveland. There have been? There have Are been you guys even your, listening to yourselves there, talk? There haven't been any references to Cleveland. I think you've been conditioned that every single time the words 9-11 are said, you just hear the word Cleveland. I swear <laughs> to God. It's like, it's just like, now bow our heads in the name of the victims of Cleveland. <laughs> well, that is true. Cle- Cleveland. <laughs> now... Of course, everyone gets in on the roast and fun on the White House Correspondence Center, even George W. Bush, who, by the way, not bad as far as delivery goes. If, one of, if the presidents were only judged by the Correspondence Dinner, he'd be the best president ever. He really would he was, be. He was no, great. Obama kind of crushes it. Obama Obama's does. particularly very good at it because, I mean... You know, there's. I think that one of his like lizard dudes that are controlling him from up top, like near Sirius, is just be like. Also, was one of the guys who did George Carlin. Oh, so I he's see. Just like he, he's just really good. He's like, I've got the timing down. I'm making this nefarious puppet of ours quite charming and hilarious. <laughs> now let's hear George W. Bush, Bush's joke about Ozzy Osbourne. And by the way, Ozzy was the very first person that George W. Bush made a joke about in during the White House Correspondence Center. All right. Let's hear it. Thinking about Ozzy is he's made a lot of big hit recordings. <laughs> Party with the animals. Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. Facing hell. Black skies and bloodbath in paradise. Jesus Ozzy, mom loves your stuff. Oh, my goodness. And then Ozzy starts kissing at George W. Bush. He starts kissing him. He starts doing the worship sign. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. Mm -hmm. And then he bites the head off a bat, and he drains the blood into Dick Cheney's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't show that on C-SPAN. Yeah, yeah, no, it's C-SPAN. They can't. They're going to... No, that was in the green room. Right, right. (laughs) So Korean Airlines Flight 85 also relates to something called the opening of the mouth ceremony, which involves the number 85, the Hebrew word peh, 
and <laughs> mummies, but that one's just a little bit too complicated. Okay. So we're not going to. Yeah, it's cover. about the idea of like it's, they would sit around with a mummy and like oh, literally open its mouth back and forth and be like, don't you see I'm alive, I'm alive. And then the other guy was like, seriously, fucking creep car, you're fucking really creeping me out when you do this shit with the mummy mouth, bro. You know what I mean? You need to creep it out, man. You're creeping me out. And he's just like, dude, you can't even be mad about that because if we make the mummy come to life and for real, dude, that would be super fucking creepy. And he's just like, I know, but I can't handle it. I can't keep my shit straight. When yeah. you're like, he's like, oh, oh I don't know. <laughs> He's Egyptians. Yeah. <laughs> you bring a mummy to life, Brendan Fraser's got to go kill it. So you want to hang out with him? That's the question. Although, about the word pe that I just mentioned. Pe. Pe. We pe. will. Pe. P-E-H. Pe. Huh. Pe. 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 We could do this all day. <laughs> we will say that the word pe is connected by the hermetic order of the Golden Dawn, which Aleister Crowley co-founded, mm-hmm. they connect it to the Tower Tarot card, which symbolizes the destruction of old structures and is also variously referred to as the Devil's House, the House of the Damned, Inferno, or simply Hell. Ooh. And another aside concerning the tarot, the famous Falling Man photo, of course, we've all seen it. Right. You know, the guy that's uh, kind of got his le- one leg straight down, one leg a little bent, is eerily similar to the Hanged Man tarot card, which can represent giving in to destiny and surrendering surrendering control to outside forces. Now, now this is all good ways to really harass people at a crystal store. If you <laughs> yeah. want to really get, if you want to, the only way to get thrown out of a crystal store <laughs> is to go in and start on this talk about 9-11 as connected to the tarot deck. Yeah, and even then they just politely ask you to go. <laughs> but they they do it with such heart and tears in your in their eyes that you have to leave. Yeah, there's one over. They got a piece of hematite, and they're just like, "All right, if you could yep. just the forces away with you, forces away with you." There's nothing like making a mystic sad. It really breaks your heart. Interestingly enough, the man pictured in the falling man photo was the brother of the sailor. In the village people mm. who received their Hollywood Walk of Fame star on September 12th, 2008, mm. seven years to the day after, after the Falling Man photo first appeared in newspapers. Okay. Okay. So that's. <laughs> I, well, I, I would say of all the stuff we've said, that's the most. That's the most dubious. Like version dubious, that's dubious fact, <laughs> dubious. It's like six degrees of Baphomet. <laughs> so now let's talk about finally the symbology of nine eleven. Now Henry, of course, like really push it on the first and second episodes. The brand of nine eleven. Mm-hmm. You you say nine eleven immediately. It conjures up feelings. It conjures up thoughts. It conjures up memories. The brand of 9-11 itself has become synonymous with terror. But for the 30 years prior to 9-11, here in America, 9-1-1 had been the universal code for help is on the way. Call 9-1-1. Right. We have something bad happen. Call 9-1-1. Someone's going to come to save us. Or at least there is the illusion of someone coming right. to save us. Now, the sudden reversal of meaning, which is a tactic that occultists often use, was designed to create an additional level of fear in the hearts and minds of the American public. Because you see, now the numbers 911 no longer mean help. 
in our it minds. Was, it's, it, uh, it now means helplessness. Right. It's a it's a heel face turn that they have to pull <laughs> off in WWE and the greatest uh, heel to face turn ever, SummerSlam, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. When Stone Cold refused to tap out, he just bled from his forehead and passed out. So, I loved it. So this is really what they did and it was a perfect yes. switch. Yeah. Yes, 9-11 is just like the wife beater, Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> He's not a wife beater, Henry. He is a wife beater. Where did you, where did you hear yeah, that, where did sir? You, where did you hear the... the, the fo- what's type in... Stone Cold Steve Austin wife beater. Oh, you can type in anything. <laughs> Austin wife beater. Yeah, you know, actually, yeah, okay. Yeah, Henry, I'm going to go ahead and put in a Stone Cold Steve Austin uh wife beater. Just wait a second. Oh no. Oh, it doesn't look like it, Henry, does it? The Stone Cold said so. <laughs> Thank God. Would a man who comes out to music like that beat his wife? Yes. Oh. Would the Texas rattlesnake beat his wife? Yes. The constant... Especially somebody called the Texas rattlesnake. All right. Well, let's especially beats his wife. Okay, we don't need to defame Mr. Stone Cold. <laughs> so Aleister Crowley, he considered the number nine to be the most evil number that there is. It means the earth under evil influences. Now, combined with the number 11 which we mentioned early, earlier that Crowley considered the most powerful number in magic with a K itself, 9-11 could be seen to mean the most evil and powerful magic that there is. So every time we say or hear the phrase 9-11, we are unwittingly participating in the gigantic occult mega ritual, repeating the phrase evil magic in numerological form over and over again, continuing to feed the power of the med- mm. mega ritual released on that day. And that's why I took 9-11 and I made it Cleveland. <laughs> yes, and I think it's really important. So every time you want to say 9-11 from now on, choose a different name. Right. We can call it the Cleveland incident. I think that's a good one. <laughs> Another thing to maybe say is something along the lines of like, Every time you want to say 9-11, say strawberry cheesecake. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Fill it with good. Yeah. Mm. Fill it with something special. Yeah. All right, so the most dangerous book in the world. It's not that long, but let's just say it's a bit mm-hmm. dense. There's a lot of different things to talk about in the most yeah. dangerous book in the world. There's a lot of connections, and here is a list, a short list, actually a fairly long list, of connections that I refuse to explain. I really try to get through this book. I really tried. I got through as soon it. As, I, I read a bunch of it. I was making a bunch of notes. I was doing a bunch of stuff. And then as soon as it got to, I'll tell you, I'll show you where I blanked out. All right. Well, and I will say after you get about 16 chapters in, every time you go to the next chapter, I I let out an audible sigh. Okay. Yeah, like, it was definitely like, <sighs> all, all right. right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's get into this. All right. So let's go through a list. Building 7 was a Euclidean Freemasonic symbol of 47 floors, also Anton LaVey trapezoids. The insane astrological connections, they are insane. They are insane, but they are also very compelling, which I would recommend reading the book just for that alone. Sirius the Dog Star, and the dog named Sirius that was killed on the day. I have... 
I have a poem written about Sirius, but the dog, and because it's all connection about how there's a long thing about how like Sirius is really the star that is the worshipful demon star, which is also possibly the reptilian home for the people that started the Illuminati that helped the whole mega ritual even begin. I'm just not. I, just, I can't. I can't <laughs> physically read it anymore. The I can't do it anymore. The towers of uh, sacrificial mega altars. The Statue of Liberty is the devil witness, which is true because it's based off of a, of a statue, an ancient statue of Lucifer as the light bringer with light, a halo of light around its head, holding a, to- a lamp torch, a torch of honesty and clarity. So that's a part of it. That bitch is watching the fucking 9-11 happen. Did the Statue of Liberty come to life like in Ghostbusters 2 and do anything about it? Nope. <gasps> No, it did not. Didn't oh. even kill a marshmallow person. Also, the guy that designed the Statue of Liberty, Freemason. All right. All of Lower Manhattan is a gigantic ritual occult ceremonial center, complete with an unfinished pyramid, a stepped pyramid, a square pyramid, and a dome. The Millennium Hotel in Lower Manhattan is an homage to the monolith of 2001, A Space Odyssey, which was based on an earlier story Arthur C. Clarke wrote called The Monolith, in which the monolith was built to stand witness to the monumental act of evil fucking magic. Mm-hmm. Skull- Coincidence? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> the Skull and Bones Society, which we'll actually probably do a whole episode on Skull and Bones some- sometime in the future. Got to. Venus 77. There's uh, a number again. Yeah, and uh, and also the Venus 77. In order to talk about Venus 77, we'd also have to explain the astrological connections. Uh, there's the face of Aramon, uh, which was the evil face that people were sending around the chain email, like, look at the face and the smoke. Supposedly, that was the face of an evil deity named Aramon, and as S.K. Bain says, even if it was photoshopped in, there was still somebody out there thinking of Aramon. No, I mean, that's just somebody who's always thinking of Aramon. It's right. Tim in fucking accounting who got Photoshop C67 on his fucking computer is just having a great time with it. There's the flight numbers as Corallian sigils, but that's self-explanatory. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, take uh, the last one if I can. Yeah, sure. Uh, there is the Illuminati, of course, the uh, gigantic Illuminati connections. We'd have to really bring the whole thing in. And uh, yeah, Ben, you take the last yeah, one. Yeah, I just love this whole sentence. Theodore Olson, the lawyer who represented Bush in the 2000 election debacle, was rewarded a supporting role in the mega ritual for his service in getting Bush into office by sacrificing his wife. Yeah! Take my wife, please. (laughs) Because his wife was one, I forgot which of the flights that she was on. She was on 77. Because yes. she was a Washington, she was going out to California uh, to be right. uh, a guest on Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher. So Theodore Will Olson lost his wife. Yeah, and, and also this is what they say. And about also, it. Uh, it was his birthday. Oh, what a day! September 11th was his birthday, and he used it. They yeah. used it for magic juice. Yeah, and but some people say that Barbara Olson, his wife. Some say that Barbara actually never died. That she would because Barbara mm-hmm. was the one that called Theodore. She's the reason why we know that they have box cutters, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, why we know specifically that they were box cutters. Some say because, of course, Barbara was his third wife, uh-huh. and he has since remarried. But some say the two women look pretty similar. Some say that Barbara did never actually died; that she actually got plastic surgery and became Theodore's fourth wife. And of course, S.K. Bain loves every time he mentions that he always say like third or is it fourth oh who's counting i'll put it this way this is the type of this is the conversation that you get into if you hang out at a convenience store with the with the clerk until like <laughs> seven in the morning like if you've been hanging out with a convenience store clerk for 48 hours while he's on a fucking work bender yeah this is where your conversation will always end up 
No, I'll tell you this. I have hung out at convenience stores before with convenience store workers. It's just all about their divorce. Oh, (laughs) that's too bad. (laughs) It's just, it's always about their divorce, how much they love their kids, but they ain't seen them in a long time, but oh, I love them kids. I do everything for them, but I ain't seen them for a long time. You ask them what they've been doing, like, oh, I've been drunk. Uh, but they yeah. do everything for them. Taking nothing truckers. like a good old-fashioned Texas rattlesnake. <laughs> That's right. A lot of trucker <laughs> speed. And, of yeah. course, uh, all of this stuff, we're going through all of this shit. Even S.K. Bain, in the last chapter, chapter 28, this is what he said, there is most likely occult significance tied to the twin pillars of light, that would be the memorial that we do every year in New York, or every year here in New York, as well as to the 9-11 memorial itself. But at this point... I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So he stopped caring there. So even the author of the book, (laughs) by the end of the book, becomes completely apathetic. Even he has a sigh when he's writing. It's just like, oh, God, okay, fine, fine. Does anyone else feel a gigantic weight off their chest now that 9-11 is over? Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, I still have to edit the whole thing, but you know what? I don't have to talk about it anymore. Oh, right. Wow. It has distanced us from our loved ones. Um, I've been feeling really good. I've got new love strength in my life, but it's not. It's fucking with the dates. Yeah, I'll say that. Oh, yeah, it sure as hell is. The only reason why my uh, relationship came back into the fold because this has to do with tarot cards. My girlfriend's a big tarot card person. Hey, all That's right. how I brought the love into it. Well, I'm happy you guys are doing well. All right, so that is the end of the three-parter on uh, 9-11. Just yet another... Ben Kissel, insincere, sincere moment. No, I am. I'm good for you. No, that's great. You guys are doing very good for yourselves. That's wonderful. But this is uh, definitely, yeah, uh, this. I feel like this is, there, there is truth to this. Yeah. I believe in the ritual. I believe in, you know, of course, there have been psychological operations happening inside American soil done by our own government for years now. Uh, they did, we do know that they let 9-11 happen. Yeah. I mean, we know that they let 9-11 happen, and there is definitely something to be said about reverberations and the collective experience. Uh, I actually kind of have a belief. I'm starting to believe that there are, like, there's the secret op government. Like, there's the guys that are doing, like, kind of the Bilderberg group, and then a lot of people have a lot of plans about, like, international water supplies and controlling populations and wanting corporations to run the world and stuff like that. And I think these are just businessmen. But I do believe there's like 15 guys that like hang out with at any one of these board meetings that are like, and then when can the occult ritual begin? And they always have to be like, okay, you know, like we, we are happy that you're here, Mr. Darkstorm. Um, and yeah. we're happy for your billions of dollars. But this is not, we're actually not doing that. And so what they have to do is like every once in a while be like, okay, Darkstorm's coming to the breakfast meeting. So just put out a couple of black candles. <laughs> Just tell him if someone you got that goat mask from last week, right? And you get that naked girl in here and have her stand over there, okay? Because he just will not shut up until we start burning some incense. Yeah, I mean that's the Catholic Church. You just described what the popes do, what the Pope does with all of his uh, bishops yeah. every week. The problem There's is there's always some guy who wants to turn it evil, oh, and they're like, guys, this is about money, all right? All right, we're not evil. This is about money. Yeah, but they need Mister Dark Star's money, so they have right. to humor him. They have to put in these little things like. Okay, yes, like, yes, let us bring Mr. Crowley into this ritual. Uh, And so they're like, okay, let's, okay, fucking search all of the United States and Canada. Fuck it. Try to find an air traffic.
traffic controller named Crowley. There's got to be one. There has to be one. And some fucking congressional intern finds Tim Crowley at Whitehorse International Airport. And they're like, okay, Mr. Dark Star, we landed a plane there. Are you fucking happy now? And they just changed the name of the numbers of the flights. I mean, they just go in and they, like, you know, control, delete, and they just go and just be like, all right, now it's fucking 93 and 175, so we're going to do it. And he's just, like, all right. clicking his fingers together and be like, yes, most evil. So like, Mr. Yeah, Dark yes. Star did it, whoever the hell that is. And we're all prostitute cows. <laughs> Reggie Dark Star. Because at least the prostitute cows are getting milked. That's the rest true. of the cows are getting the red slit. And turn into delicious steaks mm. for the men at the large table and job. Love a good meatball. Thank you guys so much for listening to this three parter. Yeah, thanks it's for been g- an amazing roller coaster ride of emotions and yeah, things man. like that. A journey. That's how I journey. would describe it, man. Um, all yeah. right. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You can find Marcus on Twitter at Marcus Parks. You can find Henry on Twitter at Henry Loves You. You can find Lost Podcast on the left on Twitter at LP on the left. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Another thing to remember, so next, so we're ramping up towards our fucking celebration of Halloween. I can't fucking wait. The devil's time has come. And what we're going to do uh, this October, what we've talked about, is uh, we want to get you guys more involved in the show. And so what we'd like to do is try to get some user submissions of some creepypasta that you guys have written. Keep it fucking short. Keep it short. Way short. Please keep it short. And also start gearing up. Uh, if you we, we want to record people telling their real life scary stories, if you've got a ghost story or you've got a close call to being killed or you've got a good, juicy, scary, appropriate story, please tell us about it. Submit it. Right. Uh, we'd love to record you and have you on the show. That would yeah. be amazing. We did this last year and it turned out to be amazing. We yeah. had some phenomenal stories and I'm sure we'll get some even better stories this year. Yeah, absolutely. And go to uh, cavecomedyradio.com slash merch to get your last podcast on the left t-shirt. And uh, to everybody who's been waiting a little while for their t-shirts, we had a bit of a hiccup at the t-shirt factory, but they're coming in today, Friday, September 11th, mm-hmm. and they'll be in the mail by Monday. Somebody, uh, So you'll be getting them very very soon. The t-shirt factory is right next to a chocolate factory and the chocolate factory exploded. Uh, so we, they got chocolate sauce all over all their shirts and it was a real nightmare for them. But we got them cleaned up for you and you'll get those as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and uh, our next live show, the 4th uh, Saturday, September, uh, that's going to be coming up. That's going to be fun. Uh, we have our live show uh, the 4th Saturday of uh, every month here at the Creek in the Cave, 1093 Jackson Avenue, yep. uh, Long Island City, New York, 1110. One, if you also, if you want to send us some stuff, and people have been sending us some amazing fucking things in the mail. Thank you guys. Thank you so much to Kelly McGillicuddy for sending us that fantastic painting. Oh, it's so phenomenal! I can't even believe it. It's such an honor to receive such beautiful art, and our fans are incredibly talented. And so thank cool. you so much for the wedding invitations. Um, we will respond. I don't think I can go because I literally don't think you could afford the food budget if I went. Um, all right, I'm going to do a magustalations, and I'm throwing out a hail yourselves, everyone, and a Heil Gein. Hail Satan, respect other people's territory as you would respect your own. That's right. And thanks for listening to all the other shows. Top Hat, Roundtable, Sex and Other Human Activities, Page 7. Those are amazing shows as well. Yes, thank you, everybody, and uh, good night. Hail me! For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. 
thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.